I'm always contemplating, like, should I get an outfit that I always wear on stage and just pick a single outfit, like a Judah Freelander or a Larry the Cable Guy? Not necessarily a character, mm. but even I think Louis did it for a while where he would just wear, you know, a black shirt mm-hmm. and jeans. And that would always be his thing that he, you would see him on stage wearing. Yeah. Or maybe like a Paul F. Tompkins. I mean, I guess he changes it up with always having a different suit, but it's he's the guy with the suits. It's a it's like a brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what could be my brand clothing-wise? Uh, it's kind of taken, but I see you in a jean jacket. Uh, just more oh, denim. I mean, <laughs> like a Jay more, Leno? Yeah. I'm just, just all in denim? Yeah. Just more denim. I don't know. Maybe don't even like just a denim vest. I've... <laughs> With like the fringe, no, just just like a cutoff with patches on it. I don't know. <laughs> like is a, that Larry the Cable Guy? Kind of. Yeah. If it had the the fringe on the on the edges, yeah. I don't know, Daryl. With um, a big Harley patch on the back, <laughs> I think that's too hard for me. Yeah. I feel like I would be more of. I almost started thinking to myself, what if I just wear a different cat shirt on stage every time you know i'm the guy with the cat shirts honestly but i have no cat material (laughs) just never acknowledge it i have i like that in fact i hate cats (laughs) well we know you don't i know you don't hate cats but the audience they don't know wouldn't know so you could even do jokes about you hate cats and that could that could be something i do have a joke pretty much my only uh cat joke is that i farted in front of my girlfriend and blamed it on the cat (laughs) she didn't know that it was you know a fart that would kill the cat (laughs) that's great uh yeah but i I don't really talk about it on stage that much anymore uh why not i don't know is an older one that it's kind of an older kind of kind of died or i have so many things especially in this podcast where i'll listen back to old episodes and whatnot and i'll have people you know other guests say hey i listened to this episode you you were talking about this bit that's kind of funny how come you don't do that anymore and i'm like oh yeah i don't i don't know why i don't do that (laughs) yeah i I relate to that i mean i i'll do stuff for two weeks Mm -hmm. and and throw it away like it'll it'll not work once Mm. and i'll be like that's done (laughs) forget that (laughs) yeah especially if you do it in front of a bunch of certain people yeah that you're you're really hoping that would laugh and they didn't (laughs) yeah but it's part of it too. It, I mean, that's why it's so hard because you like you're trying to take something that you thought was was funny. I mean, h- how many people have something funny happen to them and then they tell the story and then the people just to their friends and they don't laugh and it's like, well, you had to be there, I guess. You know, I mean, we're <laughs> right. in the business of figuring out of how do you make it feel as though like you didn't have like we're telling you everything you need to know and, and, it's, and recreating it uh, mm-hmm. over and over. It's now this story that can be told anywhere, anytime, and it has planned out jokes and rhythms. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I'm kind of cross between storyteller and just random one-liner things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's... I feel like there's certain stories, but they're not necessarily, you know, whole whole bits or whole sets Mm -hmm. or just one story. Like, do you have a five-minute story? A story? No. Mm -hmm. No. That that requires, I would say, a patience to... To like maybe if you're telling a story that there's maybe a good chunk of it where you just need a setup where there's no laugh, like having the patience to get through that, but be confident that, okay, there's a payoff. Like it's hard to do on stage. I mean, yeah. Initially, when you first start going on stage, like having people not laugh for a minute when you only have five minutes feels like forever. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if people don't laugh for 30 seconds, I mean, I think that's. That's 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 can feel much longer. 
Um, so stories, I'll, I'll do occasional stories, mm-hmm. but I feel like I relate to you where I'll, I have like things that are like half finished or just funny stories, a little bit of one liner stuff. Yeah. It's and, not like, quite a story, but it's not quite a setup punchline. You know, it's more of a, uh, I will talk about this for maybe two or three sentences Yeah, and it'll have maybe two or three little hits or whatever or tags. Yeah. You know, and like I try and uh, like I've always wanted to write more topical stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. people, comics will tell you, oh, that's a waste of time because, you know, in a week that new story is going to be right, gone. gone. Yeah. And I, that's right. I mean, you should work on stuff that's like you're looking for like that evergreen quality, right? Mm-hmm. It'll work mm-hmm. whenever. But I do notice if you're able to like take a news story from that day and tell a joke about it and not, like it, it always it'll work because people I don't know what it is. If it's that you took something that's so recent and like they know you just wrote that maybe i feel like um, they feel it's genuine it's genuine you know it can't be made up you know it couldn't be said by anybody else because it was so fresh and so instant and nobody clearly has said it before because i've never heard anybody say that before right. <laughs> and it just happened today like right. mm-hmm. like this week when that helicopter crashed in newport into the I, house i didn't hear about that a dreadful sound and a terrible sight only a mangled mass of metal remains after a helicopter goes down in a Newport Beach neighborhood, killing three on board. You didn't hear about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was near, near my office. A helicopter uh, took off from John Wayne with three people and, and hit a house, like, off Bristol Street. That's lame. It was, yeah. I mean, first of all, there's been, like, four plane crashes from this at, at airport, right? Like, a air, uh, plane crash on are the you, 55. Are you a conspiracy theorist? No, I just think these are just sloppy rich people. <laughs> don't, <laughs> know like, fly. don't know how to you know, <laughs> they get this equipment. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, like, a horrible... It was sad. People died and, like, it hit this house. But I yeah. started... I was, like, I was, like, trying to tell jokes about it immediately, like, that day. And did, that, did it work? It people? did, yeah. Because I, I was, like, I worked near where it happened so the first thing i noticed i didn't see it crash but mm-hmm. the first thing i noticed was it hit the house and then five other helicopters showed up <laughs> it's just, just funny to me you know like and so the line was uh you know you know more helicopters this is the last thing these people need to see you know it's <laughs> right? like, it <was> retarded <laughs> Hello and welcome to This Comics Life. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass. Because I did my first faux pas and didn't save the first recording, but I am sitting here for the second time with my good friend and faithful cohort and just a good open mic comedian as well as just, yeah, I'm, I'm done rambling. His name is Brandon Gafori. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, a uh, little backstory. I We recorded... Uh, Half of this, which will you will hear, I, I assume you've heard a little bit already, but some of the other half that w- was obviously uh, audio gold <laughs> went into the ether and was never to be saved. And I have Brandon coming back though because he's such a good mensch. He's just a, such a, a really cool guy. He decided to come back and re-record. So we're wanted here. to make it the full episode, Daryl. Yeah, I didn't. Thank I you. didn't. My my worst fear was you're having all these hour and a half episodes, and mine is. <laughs> 
38 minutes yep. and then everybody's going to say boy that brandon and he didn't want to no- talk he had nothing to say <laughs> he couldn't even do an hour with yeah. daryl <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah. they kept oh yeah. man that's what people will be talking you know <laughs> oh yeah they'll be talking about it really hurt my career <laughs> for sure watch yourself you're going to get the 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 this comics life bump people are going to be hitting you up at mics they're going to be like oh you were on that show Cool. It's gonna Who, be, what's your name again? <laughs> He's my good friend, Brandon. Yeah, something. Forty four A. That's my favorite thing at Mike's when people say, you know, like when they, the host doesn't know you, but they say this guy's a good friend of mine, right? And then they get to my name and yes. they totally botch it. Yeah, or they forget. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we're good friends, but on <laughs> yeah. a first name basis. Super, <laughs> super funny. <laughs> I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, Br- Brandon. <laughs> Brendan Fortmore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. And then you always have to address it at the beginning. Like, um, it's actually Kafori, but thanks guys. Yeah. And who, gi- not, who gives a shit? Do I you, mean, you don't address it. I, I address it if I can make it funny mm-hmm. or if I think I can, you know, like mm-hmm. for a while I was doing like kind of an opener joke about my name and people twisting it and making fun of it. But, um, you know, I don't take offense to it. It's a hard name to pronounce. Yeah. And it's not common in the English language. So I don't really hold that against anybody. Have you thought about changing, changing it? it to like a different, you know, having a stage name? So when I started comedy, um, it didn't occur to me. I was like, I'm, this is me. I want to use my name. I'm doing this. Uh, as it makes of, sense. Like, yeah. obviously, it's pretty given. Like, well, why wouldn't I want to be called something besides myself? Yeah. I was so excited about doing it that I was like, no, I don't want to change my name. And then there were people who were talking about it at an open mic. And some guy was like, well, man, you already started as, you know, Brandon. And if you change it now, it's going to be weird. You know, mm. this was like three months in. I'm like, right. oh, I guess like I can't do anything now. Right. But I will say as I've, you know, been doing it a couple of years now, I kind of wish I, I think, no, 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 not that I wish, but I sometimes think um, it would be, I don't know what the word is. The fact that I have two identities, really. Mm. I have a day job and like a professional career. Right. And comedy. And with things getting on the internet, I don't always feel comfortable with my office, maybe. So maybe know, it's a good time to get a stage Reading uh, the roast report. Right. That I did the, the roast battle. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and how you talked about rape. <laughs> I didn't talk about rape, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did uh, say some awful things about a yeah, good comedian. That might have called like. someone... A choice word or two i did yeah and uh you know in the internet um you can find anybody and anything and it follows you it's so permanent and yes. i've had i've just uh had experiences where it's uncomfortable <laughs> to have people like dig stuff up like i had a like i used to have uh like blog posts out there mm-hmm. and at an old job some girl found one of the posts and sent it to my whole team whoa before i even started the job so i walked in and, and they, they were, were already fans. They were reading my. They weren't. They were just like, "Whoa!" I, so you went to Chile, huh? Like they read everything, and I remember being so angry and uncomfortable. And at that point, you know, I was like, oh, "I should maybe get a name for comedy." But what's happened is my last name Kafori has become part of my act and my mm. kind of a catchphrase. Like that's what people call me. Um, what if you do like a middle name as or, my first name, or or yeah, you change the first name and you keep Kafori. Yeah, I or thought you, about that. Or you do like a uh, Brandon <laughs> Kafori. Like Nariman? Exactly. Yeah, um, you do Nariman. Brandon Nariman Kafori. <laughs> so use my give them more information to track me? Uh, or like a different... You change the middle name to maybe be something stagey, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've... Yeah, I think Or it's, you do like a letter, like BT Kafori or something. 
that could be a good idea. Mm-hmm. So when my nickname when I was a kid was my initials BK, mm-hmm. but calling it BK Kafori is redundant. But maybe people wouldn't have to know what the K is for. I don't know. Right, right. They you don't tell them what the B, B came. It just doesn't. It doesn't have They're any rhythm. It super to it. hard to go Brandon K Kafori. <laughs> <laughs> then there's like three K. You don't want three yeah, Ks. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> two Ks. How about two Fs? K um, Kafori. Well, like my Twitter handle, I added an extra O. Okay. So if you, you can't find, like, if you just Google my name, my Twitter won't come up, and it's that's good. Kafuri. Kafuri. Right. Kafuri. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, that's kind of intentional because I don't say bad stuff on Twitter, but again, I don't want people in my office. Right. They don't, like, and again, it's like, it's fine. It's just uncomfortable. I don't know. No, your social presence can uh, get you fired now, for sure. Yeah. In a weird way. Like, you know, that, what was that lady that made that AIDS tweet? Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time she landed, she was, <laughs> everybody in her, the whole world knew about it. <laughs> and we all say dumb stuff. You know what I mean? But the thing <laughs> with, yeah. with the internet, it's like, it's so easy to just put it out there and it's like, but you, you do that. and then it's permanent. It's there, like screenshot, you know, you can't get rid of it. But I hate that it would be detrimental to like, okay, I, I'm making people laugh in this setting that's supposed to be this form of, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I'm talking about a joke that might be whatever. Mm-hmm. But now that's going to like, yeah, change how my boss is going to think of me. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to suddenly say you can't work here because you have these thoughts that have nothing to do with work. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. That's but... on your downtime. Like, and it's not even something that you said that was that detrimental to society or whatever. It's just you were making an opinion that they didn't have. Right. Or it's just, I mean, everything. I don't know what I'm afraid of people hearing, <laughs> you know, because right. my comedy isn't like that controversial i don't do you know i mean it's the language is there and there's like you know some some words are yeah i wouldn't talk that way in a in in a professional right kind of setting but worst case i mean people would watch it and be like oh that's some of that was okay like it's not gonna yeah but i like your material but i've never thought i can't believe he said that no no (laughs) not not and there are people we see we both see people who are like oh "Oh, holy shit like yeah like oh of course there's definitely people that you're like whoa who are you know, say things, <laughs> insane things but that was not funny and i think those people were definitely offended <laughs> yeah but i think i got really scarred by that one time that girl found my blog and yeah. sa- and then and then it happened again with this job i changed jobs like six months ago and i don't talk about stand-up right um but at the christmas party like I got cornered and people were like, oh, so we heard you do comedy. And I was like, yeah, I do. And I'm, I'm like, just curious. Like, how did, you know, how did you know that? And uh, they're like, oh, somebody, uh, I won't say her name, but she, she found you. On. She Googled you. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, so like people are looking and I do mm-hmm. it too. You get a new guy comes around you're curious, right. you know? And uh, so it's just made me like uncomfortable yeah. knowing that people can find this stuff without me giving it to them. we're talking about about being undeniably good that that word gets used a lot with comedy and we're talking about at this level there are, seems to be two groups of people like one group super aggressive runs around asking bookers for for spots yes self-promotion even though they're funny but 
if they didn't ask for the spot, maybe they don't get it. They hustle and they can bring an audience with them. In some cases, yeah. So yeah, you're right. There are those people too who have a following already, which, right? Or they just have a, a strong support group. You know, it's not necessarily fans. It's just they they have a big family that loves to be like, I'm seeing my cousin and it's awesome. Yeah. Even though my cousin is maybe not the funniest person out there. It's just, it's my cousin. I don't have that. I don't have a lot of like family or cousins or people that are like, you know, if I hit up a hundred people on Facebook, I'm not even thinking 10 would come. I would be like, maybe one. Yeah. And that's (laughs) generous on the one. (laughs) I moved. Well, part of the reason it factored into my decision to move from the East coast was I wanted privacy. Mm. I knew that like, I wanted to like work this stuff out without like my, my uncle being like, we want to come see your act right in the beginning. Cause I knew I oh, just yeah. wanted to like, I don't want, I my... wanted to perform for strangers and I wanted to just be anonymous if that sounds totally weird, but it is no, it's perfectly the, that's what I was trying to get at is in a weird way. Like, I think that's, what's cool about this podcast is like, we're talking about an experience that is like, we think that's just us. Like we've only gone through this, but no, everybody that listens to this is like, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through. Who's trying to pursue some kind of art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're feeling the same exact thing, even though it's like maybe not literally the same, but it's just enough. Like we all go through the same shit in a weird way, but we're all like, like, why is this happening to me? And it's like, it happens to everybody, bro. Like get used to it. (laughs) Why, why is why are you not getting booked? Do you mean? Right. Or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like every time when I'm thinking like, why is this person on a show and I'm not, that person that I'm thinking about has had that same thought. Yeah. Maybe to me, maybe to whoever. It's or, like everybody's going to feel that same way. Or just, I mean, it is, you're right. It is. If you're trying to do something creative um, and be in the business end of it, mm-hmm. it, it's the same. Like I was complaining to a friend. She's, um, I don't even know her title. She like curates like art for like. For, I think they're like called art curators. Curators? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a... <laughs> yeah. What is a curator? Um, but uh, she, you know, was I was saying how, you know, I was having a hard time getting booked and, you know, and a lot of, a lot of times you feel, oh, it's the same people. Mm. And she's like, yeah, it's the same in my world. Like the same artists will often get in the, in the galleries and it's because of who they know and yeah, they're good, but, right. you know, it's a lot of uh, it's connection. It's the adding. It's yeah. not... Like, I'm not saying the art doesn't drive it. I mean, obviously, like you said before, if we're undeniable, yeah. like, yeah, you're going to get into a lot of shows just because, yeah, you're fucking good. Right. But it's those people that are on that cusp of like, okay, maybe there's talent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you've found a way to at least hone in on a skill that maybe most haven't yet. Right. But are you, in fact, deserving of those shows? That's debatable. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I like when I started and where I was thinking about doing comedy, um, I read the book that's like probably the most famous one about stand up, uh, Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up. Right. And that always stuck with me. It was like. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Bible at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a comedy Bible by, uh, what's her name? Judy something. <laughs> Tenuti or whatever? Judy, Judy Tenuti. By G- <laughs> Judy Tenutis. <laughs> that, that one, uh, she's like a Jersey comic or whatever. Yeah. She like tells you all the tricks to get hired <laughs> by Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, lady. No, but I was actually really thinking the Bible. Oh. You know, that's the best, you know, you haven't read the source Bible? for comedy. Uh. <laughs> no, but what were you saying about Steve Martin's book? Yeah. Well, his, his whole point was, um, you know, he said, he, you know, his relationship with stand up was like 15 years. And he said, first five years was just learning it. The second five was 
perfecting it, and the last five was making a crap ton of money and being famous from it. Right. And he said, um, you know, you have to be undeniably good. And you would know? you want to see him now? Because I know he him and him and Martin Short are performing. They're doing like a kind of like a two man thing. Maybe, but I want to be undeniably good, Daryl. <laughs> That's <laughs> my point. Um, you yes. know, I would I would love to see um, Steve Martin. I think. I mean. I don't know if it's more of a musical act now or what, you know, he, he stopped yeah. doing comedy for, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if he's undeniable anymore. Like, I don't think he is. I mean, his act was so based in that white suit and the, 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 the era. I'm a gremlin guy. Well, actually I'm here for nine days. So I guess for this nine days, I'm a stationary guy. Oh no. Oh, I'm stationary, a stationary guy. Oh, yeah. Stationary out here in Los Angeles. One of my favorite towns. I studied a lot about Los Angeles. And it's great to be here in the capital of California. L-O-S-A-N-G-L-O-S. Okay, everybody. Oh, Los Angeles. Are you people up tired or something? Can't sing along? Okay, this half of the room. Good, we've got it now. Okay, now, that guy. Good. All right, in Chinese now. Now I don't know that it it fits. He's a movie star and and he's great. He's still one of the greatest, but I don't yeah. I don't know that I would pay. I'm sure it's expensive. I don't know that I would pay to go see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird how. Do you think that Arrow was always like supposed to be like, hey, I'm in on this. Like I know this is dumb, or was it genuinely like, no, I like the Arrow because it's looks like an arrow going through my head. <laughs> the Arrow. Oh, um, <laughs> I think. Well, I heard him talk about it recently, and he said. I think it was Seinfeld asking him, like, Seinfeld said, well, you know, I think if you brought your act out today, people would talk about you and say, you got to go see this guy. Mm-hmm. And Steve Martin disagreed. He said, he said his act was like needed at the time because it was coming out of Vietnam and like people needed silliness. Slap sticky stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of need that today as well. But I, don't know, I think times have changed. I think, I don't know. You'd I have think to- that was also maybe that era too, because then you also have like Robin Williams. That was kind of on that same vein of yeah. just wacky. Yep. You've got an alcoholic problem. You do. And the worst part is there are times when you drink so much you don't remember what you've done the night before. And you get those little phone calls where people let you know. <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? I took a dump in your tuba. <laughs> oh, my God. He said fit in with the band. I'm sorry. Oh, God. It's over. Oh, don't you see? It's all over. God damn it. And then the next thing you know, there you are at Betty Ford Hospital going, I'm fine now. 
I'm a reformed alcoholic. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. I am fine. No, you have that double vodka. I'll be over in the corner kicking the cat. <laughs> and to a lesser extent, Gallagher. Like, you know, when my stomach's upset, gang, I have Hershey's chocolate syrup. Now, don't do much for gas, but it makes every burp a chocolate surprise. Mm -mm. You know, chocolate goes to a place in your brain right next to sex. If you can't get screwed, have a Snickers. Underappreciated. But I don't know, like, I, it's weird, though, like, to, to think, um, you know, like, Steve Martin and Dice Clay mm-hmm. were, like, doing their acts at the same time. They're, like, completely different. But yeah. I also want to say that, like, Steve Martin was kind of probably doing a character in a weird way. Not necessarily to the extent of Dice Clay, but, like, kind of, I don't think that's him. I don't think that was really him. I think he was putting on something, like, on stage. Oh, for yeah. I mean, he he figured out something. He analyzed it and figured out, um, you know, he broke he broke the traditional mm-hmm. create tension and release it, which is normally what a joke does. And he came up with, what if you just create the tension and then you walk away from it, <laughs> and then people will be laughing, but they won't know why. You yeah. know, a traditional comic goes up and set up punchline, and then it's a cue to laugh. It's a subliminal kind of not subliminal, but it's a you, you you tell the audience really you so. know the dance like it's like yeah. this is your t- turn to like tell me how i yeah. did so he broke that and i think that's why he was so mm-hmm. famous and rewarded because it was um something original and people like you couldn't put your finger on it i think so that's i mean his book if you haven't read it's uh born standing up mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. i mean that was really helpful when i was getting started to just yeah i haven't checked that. it out i'm aware of it I'm, i've definitely heard a, a bunch of other comics talking about it yeah I want to get the audiobook because I feel like he probably reads it. So it'd be kind of cool to hear him like actually you know talk and maybe have some different insight in the book itself. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think um it's 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 a funny book, but it's it's not uh it wouldn't be like Not like jokey. No, it's not like one of those Woody Allen books. It's like right. it's actually the parts right. of it are sad like, when he talks about his father and his the relationship It's there not like and, satirical. It's no. like autobiographical it's a w- extremely well written yeah. um and he writes know, like fiction as well he written, wrote la story yeah he wrote a, he's written screenplays and um <clears throat> what was that movie uh shop girl that was also a book bowfinger <laughs> <laughs> and bowfinger yep it was <laughs> what a body of work you have yeah. roxanne bowfinger <laughs> Um, I remember we. I think my family and I went to see Bill Finger, and we were so disappointed because <laughs> it was like Eddie Murphy, and it had and, such a good like yeah. thing on like in theory. Yeah, Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Heather Graham, and Frank Oz was directing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you have a bunch of diff- really cool creative people, and then you make that movie. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Not a, not not a good one. But have you ever thought about making a movie or writing like a screenplay or? It's. It's sort of something I don't admit to a lot of people, but right. why not since we're doing a podcast yes. um, that I've never tried to write a screenplay. Um, but in my head, I feel like that's something I'd really love to take mm-hmm. a crack at. And my, you know, I love doing stand up. I love writing, but I feel like it'd be fun to have like 
another project going, like trying to write a screenplay too, right. while doing this other stuff. Uh-huh. It is a different creative beast in a weird way. I mean, you think that it's like, oh, well, I can write a joke. How hard can a screenplay be? But it's, no. oh my gosh. I wrote one. Um, I had an idea. And then, yeah, like I had some like time off in between jobs. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, what do I do with my time? Mm-hmm. And I literally just had this idea and was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And then I just wrote it all out. And yeah, like 120 pages later, it was like this thing. I feel like this, like I, I definitely want to have people read it, but I do want to rewrite it still. I, I do feel like I need to go back and change things. How, now, did you like study like screenwriting in school or like how did you, no. or how did you read a book or how did you just, you just sat down and started writing? Yeah. And obviously, uh, well, I mean, I, I looked at other screenplays that I enjoyed or like movies that I enjoyed. So like I looked at just recently, um, that movie whiplash mm-hmm. i looked at that screenplay and just looked at the structure and looked about like how they wrote the dialogue and i watched the movie as i like read the screenplay so i could see like okay what did they put into the script that's in the movie and what was left out of the script that's in the movie you know like not necessarily dialogue but like direction and things mm-hmm. like that like at first i was like okay i gotta write like the camera movements and things like that and it's like no you don't write that. Right. That's the director's approach. Like, that's all his idea. You're just there to set up the scene. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about the movie itself is you can see that the the script has certain moments where it's like, this character does this. This character does that. You know, where there's like direction. Right. But it's not like direction in the sense of like, this character feels sad right now. You just write the dialogue and you assume that the actor is going to go, oh, this is a, a deep scene right now. I should probably feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you that you wrote sad in here. <laughs> but, like, right. I know that, That's like, hilarious. I'm going to try and do that one again today because mm-hmm. I haven't... Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see, like, how long the shelf life is, but... I feel like that is still generic enough. It is. Because it's not like it has to do with a specific holiday or a specific, yeah. uh, you know, instant in, like, 9-11 or whatever. Or, or an election joke right. or Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know. It's just, you can bring up at any time, like, hey, did you hear about a story one time when this helicopter hit this house? Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of evergreen in a way. Even like Bill Burr has that famous bit about the the guy who took a helicopter tour to commit suicide. What? Yeah. Also in Newport. <laughs> <laughs> he like rented a helicopter tour and then jumped. Wow. Like he was by himself. And Whoa. Yeah. I would never choose jumping out of any type of like height yeah. as a way to die. And he lived. He like died later. Yeah, wasn't high enough. A lot of people live when they jump off bridges, mm-hmm. off uh, cliffs. Yeah, um, it's weird. I remember having a bit about a guy climbing Half Dome and getting all the way to the top, and then just jumping off that. What's a Half Dome? Half Dome is in Yosemite. It's like this huge oh, okay. like cliff, you know, side where it has this waterfall kind of off the off mm-hmm. the dome, and uh, you know, it's it's basically almost like a huge day hike you know yeah. at least 12 15 hour hike 
And I feel like that's a, a large accomplishment for a lot of people. Like, I wouldn't be like, you know what? After this huge thing that I've just now accomplished, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah. Like, I would. Yeah, I would. That, that, and it's probably so beautiful. Yeah, like, how are you depressed after that? Yeah. <laughs> and they always say, get out, you know, get out if you're depressed. Like, that's not what he did. Yeah. <laughs> And he's, not near any cliffs i guess <laughs> i don't know it's just also like a lot of work to kill yourself you know just why not just eat that bullet but there's always stories like like when you read the news sometimes mm. that are just like it's just immediately funny to me or, you know like <laughs> just horrible things and i'm like that <laughs> you're the one dude that's like ha yep i'm i'm telling this on stage yeah. <laughs> so i've i haven't been able to hone that um mm-hmm. ability to do topical things and right and i also haven't put hell of a lot of effort into you know trying to write those like monologue type jokes right but i in the back of my mind i'm like i want to like Mm -hmm. um just do more of that i don't know why but i did it as a writing exercise one time for the podcast early on and i i tried to do a you know a late night parody show and yeah I, i tried to do a bunch of monologue bits at the at the top i feel like some of them worked i feel like they would have maybe worked it into the show maybe one or two <laughs> how did you like find, like how did you go about writing them you just scan the headlines and and also yeah just thought about things that obviously are, are in people's lexicon mm. you know i had a joke about uh, uh pet boys and they they were changing their mascots to females really Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if they were really. <laughs> it's called Pep Boys. <laughs> yeah, but they were gonna yeah change it to you know Pep Girls. Come on. Uh. <laughs> and then, but they were gonna keep the names to still be Manny Mo and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean yeah that's something like that you you can hear that on like Kimmel or, or yeah, you know I mean right. Um, but coming up with a punchline for it, I mean I've like read books and like watched videos mm-hmm. on like different. You know, like making a list. Joke and, structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the hook and link it to this. And um, I've like dabbled with trying that. And it just, I don't like the f- using the formula. Right. Meth- I mean, it, it I is weird. It's weird. The The monologue joke is an interesting type of a format to, to make somebody laugh. Yeah. But I feel like it's the one thing that kind of lends it to being topical always because it is kind of easy. Mm-hmm. It is always that setup punchline. So, and the setups can be very generic and easy. Right. A lot of Leno setups are, hey, just to see that in the news today? Yeah. Hey, see this? In- it's a new study out yeah. today. It's just- That's the setup. <laughs> I read another one uh, this week. It's like a new study shows anxious people are more likely to get bitten by dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that's a mm-hmm. perfect, you know, exactly. I'm sure there's some writer at Seth Meyers, mm-hmm. you know. And he's all about just uh, almost doing a monologue just from the desk. Yeah. And it's just monologue or almost weekend update weekend update like the day he does like a daily show mm-hmm. type very political um focused material um but yeah for for stand-up i mean you know i do subscribe to you know you should work on stuff that sure. you know you can you can do over and over and over again evergreen like take anywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make it ironclad like i think generally except for not all stories but generally if you're doing something that's like in the news, it it's, has potential to just be a thing you do for a week and then... Right. But right. there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, right. you know. I used to obviously do a few bits uh, about certain movies. Mm. And it, I've noticed that certain movies have this Everlast quality, you know, where you can bring up Star Wars. Yeah. And people will be like, I, I understand what you're talking about. I get it. 
Um, but if you bring up something that was maybe out just two years ago, that just maybe a few people saw. Who knows how many people saw it? You know, like that movie Brooklyn. Didn't see it. See? Yeah. <laughs> but you're aware of it. You're, you know it exists, right? I mean... That there's a movie out there called Brooklyn that you know won some Oscars two years ago. Sort of. I mean, I actually think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> that, See, so that's a perfect example yeah. of, even if I had a sweet Brooklyn joke, I, yeah. you would be like, I didn't see it. I don't care what you're talking about now. <laughs> but you could, I mean... Could I still maybe have it be relatable enough where you're like, it's still funny. I, I didn't think see a, the movie, but I get why it's humorous. I think a good comedian can actually find a way to do that, to be like, mm. okay, even if you haven't seen it, I'm going to tell you all the information you need to know, mm-hmm. set it up, and then hit you with some kind of punchline. But that's that's hot, harder to do because then you're yeah. going to have to explain and set up and you'd have to be really clever. Mm-hmm. And the setup has to be very just razor sharp. Yeah. There has there can't be any just chuffa or just words that no. just don't really matter. Nope. It literally has to be two lines. This setup, this setup, yeah. here's now why. Now everybody is aware of this movie that they haven't seen mm-hmm. or whatever the topic is yeah i don't i don't know i feel like that's a big thing that i struggle with is the conservation of words mm-hmm. you know when i write material down when i think of it initially it's always this total just here's the line here's mm-hmm. the joke here's where people should be laughing at <laughs> you know and then when i go on stage it turns into a lot of Hey, what's uh going? Just hey, like wait, what's hey? It just that's I you don't, don't do that, <laughs> but I feel like what's up? <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do the what's, what's up? <laughs> I should though. I should start bringing you that should, back. That's your opener with your denim. What's up? <laughs> We're gonna have to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what like demographic I'm a part of. <laughs> no, but I mean. It's it's interesting to hear you say. So when you write, yeah. your notebooks are like set up punch. You don't have rambling, crazy thoughts. Like I don't have, I don't feel like I don't write down the filler words. Hmm. But when I get on stage, I have a lot of filler words. Why and, do you think that is? And I feel like because I haven't remembered okay. the line, you know, clearly enough. Mm-hmm. I know this. I know the general idea of it, mm-hmm. but I haven't said it so many times where I'm just, it's just verbatim. Right. And that can really butcher you. Mm-hmm. Just even if it's funny, if you stumble right. through the premise. Or it just gets, it's just, I feel like initially when I put it out on stage for mm-hmm. the first time or second time, yeah, it's clunky. Yeah. And even if it is funny, because it was clunky, it just, it just doesn't hit. Yeah. Clunky will no. rarely hit. Or... Uh, sometimes I, I still get a little nervous or I just kind of get out of my element where, you know, that first thing that you say just doesn't hit. And then yeah. it just you, now you're just like, oh, well, I had some steam. Now I don't have any steam. Now I got to try to find that steam again. It's a constant mind game. It's like <laughs> it's, you know, you're out there like you thought it was funny a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. But then if you're like if you're like me, you over, I overthink everything. So I'll be like in my head like, oh, I don't know about that. And I'll I'll bail on sets often Mm -hmm. i'll write it at home or be like i'm gonna work on this and then i'll show up and be like "Mm," i'll like look at it yeah and decide i don't want to do that um i do that a lot too where if i see somebody go on before me talking about a certain subject yeah i'll just suddenly go well i'm not talking about that no yeah it'll turn you off to the (laughs) do you mean if they covered it already or Mm -hmm. yeah i remember just going up but but then other times 
I feel like in the right setting, it's almost like in a weird way, if they bring up a topic mm-hmm. and it went well for them, yeah. then I'll be thinking, oh, I'll now springboard and jump on that topic too and try to get some momentum on that same thing because of the audience I already assume is going to be into that topic because they laughed at it before. But I feel like if the comic did horrible at mm. that topic, I'm not going to be like, well, here's some more jokes about it. <laughs> like, it this it, guy just sucked a dick on a yeah. bunch of Trump jokes. I'm not going to be bringing up Trump again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to bring up Trump. I don't, well, I don't yeah. bring up Trump at all, really. But <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take a topic, even if it doesn't do well and somebody's like talking about it mm-hmm. and they're sad. And maybe it, unless it's like an absolute bomb and right. it makes people uncomfortable and you, you want the room to forget it. Right. I'll always be trying to look for little things that, you know, can, can just make it seem more organic and like authentic. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, you know, Daryl was just talking about helicopters, you know, right. you guys hear versus like, then it sounds almost like, yeah, you're riffing instead of it just being like, Oh, I have a bit about helicopters too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all, I mean, to me, when I go to a comedy show, like if somebody's there, I like to see good, well-crafted jokes, mm-hmm. but if that person can also call things out, be in and the moment. Re- yeah. To me, it makes it way better. Right. And way more. Um, even though I know what he's doing or she's doing, um, it, it just makes it way more authentic. It makes it feel like they're just mm-hmm. really up there. And I feel like a, a seasoned comic has tricks up their sleeve where it seems like it's so organic, especially a lot of crowd work. You know, you can think to yourself, wow, this guy is so in the moment, making yeah. fun of this fat chick, blah, blah, blah. He has that fat chick joke already in his pocket. Yeah he's just telling it to this specific fat chick. So now it seems like, Oh, he's talking about this girl for the first time. And it's like, well, he kind of always talks about a fat chick in his act. Yeah. But I don't mind it. I mean, as a comic, I can see it as like, Oh, I know what's behind it, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not dogging on it. I'm not saying don't you, do this. You have to be really good. To yeah. Know how to do it. To this call, is a perfect, like just a professional act yeah, to, to yeah. call back a riff and place it just right again. Um, mm-hmm. and understand that it, why the situation is the same and how that room is yeah. feeling and take it. I mean, cause if you take a, we've all, I mean, I, I've taken old riffs mm-hmm. and just ate a dick. You know I mean? It, it's just, <laughs> it really shows that what, what like yeah. people will get that reaction. Yeah. You know, cause I'm in my head thinking of this other thing mm-hmm. that wasn't where I am right now. You're trying to set up a callback or something yeah. for later in the act. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or just, you know, just trying to apply something, some old riff to some situation, but mm-hmm. I would like to get actually better at having riffs in my pocket. If that, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like calling things out in the, you always, you get stereotypes, the drunk yes. guy alone at the bar, you know, the couple yeah. who like, doesn't look, doesn't make sense why they're together. A young, yeah. like a DJ who like is way too young to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, the drug addict bartender. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all, we all know those. <laughs> yeah. seems kind of daunting to me to like sit down and actually do it like i definitely have ideas and i love movies so you know i would love to do that so the fact that you actually did it is pretty cool i mean yeah i think that's next for me trying to get some pages together and something longer than like a tweet you know would be <laughs> nice in the 
And it's gone through a lot of changes. Like when I first sat down and like had the initial idea, like it was like, okay, this is the story. But then once I like had that all laid out, it was more like, okay, well maybe I'll change this or maybe Mm -hmm. this character needs this more or, you know, it goes through so many different rewrites. Yeah. And it is almost like comedy or any type of art where you have to eventually know when to stop touching it. It is this and it's going to just be this. Could it be better? Who knows? But if you just keep trying to touch it forever, it'll never get built or it'll never get made. You'll just keep trying to touch it. Yeah. Well, I think with a screenplay, it has to be complete. You know, stand up is weird because your jokes are never done. I mean, unless you're doing you're in the you know, the business of doing a special, you know, um, with us, I mean, for, for most comics, you just for years do this, you know, some of the same jokes and they keep evolving. And five years later, maybe you find a new tag, like it's just never done, but that's unique in itself. I think a right. screenplay or, um, anything else, you know, you, it's just, you just gotta let it go. But if writing a book, but if you look at, okay, you ask any artist, a screenwriter or a, a comedian, like, to look back at their work, like, hey, watch one of your specials from, like, five years ago or whatever. They don't want to at all. They're going to be like, fuck, no, I don't. Tell a screenwriter, like, hey, watch a movie that you wrote, like, you know, 20 years ago. They're going to be like, no, because of that reason where they're going to see 10 million things like, oh, I wish I did this differently. I wish I changed this or now I have this new tag. God damn it. It's like you can't go back to it because you're going to want to change it. Yeah. So instead, instead of knowing that you can't, you're like, well, I'll just never go back. I just don't want to address it because I don't want to have to worry about being upset about it later. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's it's tough to look back. You know, I always, like last night, uh, Chappelle's special from like 2000, Killing Them Softly was on. That is when I knew I was in a bad neighborhood. You only see this in the worst neighborhoods. Remember, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I look out the window. It was a fucking baby standing on a corner. Look at this. And the baby, the baby didn't even look scared. He was just standing there. I mean, it made me sad. It made me sad, really. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to help the baby. <laughs> I, was like, mm, I don't trust you either. I'm sorry. Click. Click. The old baby on the corner trick, eh? I'm not going to fall for that shit. Where's this limousine driver? You know, I stop feeling bad. As time goes by, I start feeling worse. Like, man, what is wrong with me? What the hell's wrong? I'm scared of a baby. <laughs> man, this baby could be in trouble. He might need my help. I got to do something. But I wasn't going to get out the car. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I just cracked the window a little bit. There's an old limousine. I can roll it down. Hey, baby. <laughs> baby, go home, man. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. What the fuck are you doing up? <laughs> the baby said, I'm selling weed, nigga. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to buy two bags from the call. Let me get two. Let me get two. Yeah. yeah, it was just on Comedy Central, and I'm like, I wonder if he's watching this because it was very good. But I'm like, imagine, you know, just some 
TV channel having the power to like put out your old jokes whenever they want. Yeah. Um, and you've changed so much and this isn't even who you are anymore. Like, and he probably still looks back at like, Oh, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. But it's not like, Oh, I still love those jokes. No. It's like, yeah, that was something I did back then. And it's so, I mean, Um, I was laughing. I mean, it's it's amazing, but it's so, he's so different now. And, um, I just think about like how I would be uncomfortable. Like, you know, if I probably have to work myself up to the idea of it being released right? and then to have it like forever. I mean, I guess it helps when like Comedy Central like hands you a check. Yeah. The residuals check. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, who knows how much that is. But any, but I, but I get your point. It's, it's hard to look, you don't want to look back ever once it's done, but I mean, that's part of it too. But I I feel like at a certain point though, when you get to the, become the greats, you know, the, the echelon, I think you can look back at your work and be like, yeah, that was the fucking shit. And I'm, I know it because I'm, I'm the best, (laughs) you know, look at the best glass blower in the world. Yeah. I'm sure he knows he's the best glass blower. Maybe he doesn't think of himself as the best, but he definitely knows he's good. Mm-hmm. And he definitely knows, like, when people call him the best, he's not going to be like, oh, you don't have to yeah. say. He's going to be like, thank you. <laughs> like, no, I, yeah. uh, you don't have to call me the best. I'm sure, like, <laughs> Scorsese could admit, like, Goodfellas is one of the best movies ever made. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. he, maybe he won't admit it, but it's it's a it's an amazing movie. And but. I remember, I think it was But if him. he doesn't even admit to himself, like, I made a good movie, yeah. it's like, shut the... F- you can't no, even he, give yourself a compliment or... Those guys know, I mean... Admit you're good? They, you know, <laughs> when you get to that level, I mean, you're so beloved and part of culture. Yeah. They know, I mean, but... It's just feeling... That's the thing. You don't want to be pompous or arrogant. Like, you can be humble, but you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm the shit. You have... Yeah, you have I to... I know Goodfellas <laughs> was the best movie ever. <laughs> you have to be confident and go forward forward and say yeah like that was good and i want to make another good one and and convince people to work with you because you're good but also be like like you said humble and aware like you're always trying to make it better Mm -hmm. you know like with goodfellas even i remember i think it was him saying how when he watched it at the premiere he was like cringing a little because there's a lot of things in that movie like the continuity is off and there's like like it does jump in time for sure well uh you know like in one that's that famous funny how Mm -hmm. scene like it's all over the place if you watch it like one minute he has a cigarette and the yes. next the cut away it's gone so like you know they just that comes out after when you and people notice it so everybody i think when you're doing anything creative a lot of times you can be your own worst you know critic and and you just gotta be like all right i did the best i could and yeah do you, you know. think he looks back at goodfellas and goes i would change this i would do i'm this, sure and, oh yeah of course yeah but that's it, probably why he doesn't watch it <laughs> not because it'd he be weird it, if he did it'd be weird if every day you went to his house and he was just <laughs> okay grandpa we yeah, get it you like this movie yeah, want, come here i want to show you something <laughs> isn't this good <laughs> see that scene yeah. see how I, I had him open up the trunk yeah. kind of show just it glowing wasn't that the shit <laughs> <laughs> see that long dolly shot time it yeah Let's see how long it yeah. is <laughs> grandpa we get it it was three minutes and 23 seconds (laughs) yeah if he were doing yeah he wouldn't be the you know as good if he had that attitude Mm -mm. you know he's making a new movie for netflix i saw yeah oh is it for netflix i think it was the irishman mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it might be getting a theatrical release but i think it's getting produced by netflix okay because i feel like netflix is they're putting stuff out in the theaters now because they 
that's like the only way you're going to get an Oscar or some shit like that is if it oh, has really? a theatrical release. Oh. So they're doing like really limited shit. Like, you know, it's just LA and New York stuff that will win Oscars. Of course. I didn't know that. If it's like, if it's Martin Scorsese and he's bringing every person that he's worked with before back to do this fucking like cool mob movie. Yeah. It's going to win something. I, th- I mean, I think it's got De Niro, Pacino and Joe Pesci and Keitel. Yeah. And I want to say a few others too. Yeah. Like I want to say like Michael Madsen's in it too. Okay. And uh, I I hate to say it, but it I want to say some. Sounds guy, like you're gonna say Vin Diesel. Yeah, somebody <laughs> that has like 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 a muscle, like some big tough guy. Like mm. I, I I was gonna say The Rock at first, but I'm like mm, I don't no. think it's The Rock, but it's like a guy like The Rock. I think The Rock is booked. For he's got until 2020 everything. until he runs for president. <laughs> yep. He's got everything going. Like he's making four movies like all at once yeah. every single month. <laughs> And a TV show, and I think he's bringing back football or whatever. Is, is he part of the XFL? I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's definitely going to be a part of that for sure. Yeah. Are you interested in that? No. no. <laughs> Not at all. Not in the slightest. It's I could like, care less. <laughs> when I think Brandon Kafori, I think football and pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I mean, I did watch the Super Bowl. I am an, mm, you know, so, a. But for the pop culture references, not... no, no. I mean, I'm a, I'm from New England, so I mean, oh, so you're I, a secret Pats fan? Not a secret. I don't think that's oh. been. I mean, I don't probably uh, wear my colors, but uh, <laughs> like I am for sure Patriots, Red right. Sox. Um, but at the same time, I'm not like diehard, and I, you know. I watched a handful of games this year and I could give a shit if the XFL wants to come back. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that they chose now yeah. um, when the NFL is really, you know, really struggling, not struggling. I mean, they're making billions of dollars, but right. attendance is kind of down. There's all this crap. Yeah, there wasn't growth for sure. No, it was a tough year. So if, if anything, um, it's well-timed for them to like try this experiment again. Well, I feel like also in a weird way, maybe this league is trying to make it safer you know with it being i don't know i remember initially the xfl was supposed to be like this you know oh we're not going to care about these rules anymore we're not going to care about these hits it's going to be faster paced and bigger tackles and i don't know if it really did that i mean all they care about i mean they they see an opportunity to make money so maybe i'm sure oh they're going to be safer or whatever i mean i think it's literally just a vendetta where it's one of those like I was hearing from the word on the street that Vince McMahon tried to buy an NFL team just to try to buy one. Mm-hmm. And the NFL was like, nah, like all the owners were like, nope, you can't be in our club. Yeah, I know. They remembered when he tried to, mm-hmm. you know, what was that 20 years ago when they tried to, you know, unseat the NFL then and it didn't work. I could see With why the AFL or something? no, they tried the oh, XFL. Right. Exactly. Donald yeah. Trump was involved. Yes, and, yes. Um, they NBC, I think, was the network they partnered with, and they yeah. they sunk a bunch of money into it. And it and, and that's it, the thing too. Yeah. yeah, Trump and McMahon both tried to buy teams. Yeah, and they're both like, nope. And then they're like, well, fucking, we'll make our own league now. Yeah, but I, I think, I mean, if they're smart, you know, like there's a lot of people angry at the NFL. I mean, mm. people don't like. Um, I'm forgetting his name, the commissioner. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting his yeah. name. Goodell or Roger no. Goodell. Yeah, Goodell. Um, yeah. And even with an, like ESPN, like, you know, I don't know if you follow the whole Barstool ESPN. No. Like Barstool is like this independent sports blog from Boston, but it's kind of, uh, no, they've, they've just basically kind of um, gone to battle with ESPN and oh. they're like, 
ESPN is owned by Disney and it's so it's kind and they're, you know, the biggest partner with the NFL. And so when a lot of this stuff was going on with concussions and, and, um, the Brady thing with deflate gate, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like ESPN reported on it, but they're like a corporate partner. Right. Yeah. And it's like very, it feels like just corporate. So barstool is this blog. I mean, it's, it's basically a bunch of bros. Um, but they just say anything they want and they call yeah. out Goodell, Goodell. They, you know, cause and they, they don't have, they're not beholden to anybody. No, they just say whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And they, they make a lot of waves, but they've built this like incredibly loyal following, which isn't, you know, a billion people like Disney, but it's, it's enough. It's enough to get noticed. And so I think, it, I don't know. I brought that up because I'm thinking the XFL, you know, maybe could be this, like, we don't give a fuck kind of league. And, and, mm-hmm. um, could could somehow, you know, take advantage of the fact that people are like kind of angry at the NFL. I right. mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a big like I follow sports, but not nearly the expert guy to to comment on this. But yeah, I think well, it, maybe they'll take like guys that get kicked out of the NFL for stupid reasons, like you know they're unwilling to give up weed, or you know they take a uh, certain types of I don't know hormones or whatever. Yeah, and. uh Maybe, you know, the XFL will be like, we don't give a fuck. Like Kaepernick, he's not playing. I mean, you know, I mean. Right. Um, but that's the thing. that I think that's the only way the XFL is going to win is if they can get players. Yeah. If it's just going to be people that, you know, have not made it to the NFL, but they can't play college anymore, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to work. I, I honestly have no idea. And at the top, I said, I don't really care. And I really, <laughs> like, if it... If it works, great. Yeah. Um, but like, as the I, thing yeah. I loved about it is that I remember in the original XFL, they had hot tubs at the end zones. Yeah, you let's could bring those sit back. In the hot tub <laughs> with one of the cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, awesome, right? Yeah, who wouldn't want it? that awkward conversation? <laughs> Do you th- those are those seem so like fun in theory, but then once you actually get into it, you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I mean, it takes. I mean, to. <laughs> To get in a hot tub in front of whatever thirty thousand people. Yes. I mean, that's for some, the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> and just be there with your shirt off on camera. Yeah, because I mean, they're obviously going to you yeah. after every break or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but it's you hanging out with this girl that's contractually obligated to be in the hot tub with you. <laughs> so that's super, uh, you know, cool and hip. Yeah. She's gonna be super fun and clearly into you, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see if they bring that back. I mean, I doubt it. Times have changed pretty I doubt quickly on us. Bring that back. They're not going to need like you know just the water bill alone. You know, people <laughs> the are water gonna... bill. I was talking about the Me Too movement, and you're talking about the. He's like, yeah, the utilities. Yeah, the utilities <laughs> talking about going to be like off the charts. Yeah, <laughs> that'll probably factor in too. I don't know. It's amazing how quickly things changed. I feel like like you can never make like the way they made Entourage. You can yes. never make that today, right? Without people. I mean, and yeah. to a point, some of that stuff. I mean. You yeah, know. you think that there is going to be like less nudity in cinema and film and TV now? It's not about nudity. It's about the way like women are portrayed. You know, right. like in Entourage, just, like Vince is just banging every right. every girl. Vapid whores yeah. and stuff. And, yeah, but if they're talking about at least like, you know, Einstein and stuff, a scene before, that'll be cool, right? You lost me. <laughs> what show? Is this numbers you're talking about? <laughs> no, if they're like Entourage, but like before he bangs her, they like have a quit chat. Oh, about like something like, intellectual? Yeah, like string theory or something. <laughs> yeah, with Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He busts out like a big chalkboard. Gary and... Busey shows up again. Yeah. Yeah. I well, feel like that would work. Do you feel, though, are you a big Entourage fan? 
Have um, you watched a lot? I, I do like the show. I, I feel like Sasha Gray's character was kind of more than one note. Yeah, I mean, that was her whole thing. And by the way, what happened to her? Um, she she was in... That was the last... She was in that Soderbergh movie. That's right. Um, the girlfriend experiment or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think they built that character around her. Like, because mm-hmm. she is, like, supposed to be well-read and, and, you know... But also filthy whore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, no, you're right. I think in the show, she was, like... Yeah. Not just the girlfriend. I mean. No. And, but that was, like, late season eight or season when, right. when Vince had the drug problem. And, yes. I mean, they're running out of stories. The show wasn't good at that point. I like, <laughs> like seasons one, like right until they made Medellin, it's good. Mm. And then there were like a couple good yes. episodes and then it's like, it's unwatchable. When I Turtle would... lost all that weight, it just changed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, when I was watching it and they were going to do Aquaman yeah, and it was going to be with James Cameron, I was totally thinking to myself, I'd watch that. I'd see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, James Cameron made a, a superhero movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Even if uh, Adrian Grenier was the star, I might no even shit. watch it. No, he's the worst actor. <laughs> he's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty bad. What was that one movie? Drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. With uh, Sabrina. Michelle. That's yeah. her name. Yeah. Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was also in The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. He's got a body of work, man. Another, he's... another cult hit. <laughs> yeah. He's this huge uh, activist now. Oh, like a Trump guy, anti-Trump? Or? Um, I want to say he has like a cause for something like saving trees or... Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Something. I, I, I Now it's something with the environment. He made yeah. a documentary or... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good for him. Actors. Those types of, I don't want to say uh, tools, but I guess they're tools in a way where you just have, since you've had done it so much and you have so much experience, yeah, you've almost run into every scenario now. And now, since you've ran into pretty much every scenario that you're going to run into, now you can start having um, premises and jokes for those scenarios. You, you can, I, and I would say we've run into a lot of scenarios, but I know there there hasn't, there's been, I haven't been on the road, I haven't, right. um, I've only occasionally performed, uh, and I'm being really honest, where people have paid money, mm-hmm. you know, I think that is another oh, yeah, for um, sure. experience where that's sort of the next rung, right? To, to I would assume the audience has a different expectation when mm-hmm. it comes to, hey, I paid money versus I just showed up at something that was free. Yeah. When they paid money, I would say they're more willing to laugh. They want to return, yes. on the, you know, and, and it's just complete. Not only that, they're there for a show. They, they came out for that. And so much of what we deal with at bars and, you know, random open mics yeah. is dealing with people who they, they didn't come to see us Mm-mm. and they, this is the last, they, they just want to have their, their beer. They didn't even know that there was an open mic usually yeah. there. <laughs> And they just were going to this bar for, yeah, an, an average Wednesday. Yeah. And suddenly this guy's trying to talk about dick jokes to him. Yeah. And, that's, and then the first guy, you know, I was at a, I won't say, well, it doesn't matter, but I was at a mic this week and there was karaoke first. Yes. Then they turn off the karaoke. Awesome. And the host goes out and says, all right, we're starting comedy open mic. And there were mm-hmm. all these like bros at the bar. And one guy just goes, why is this happening? Like, <laughs> like just 
the most. <laughs> but it's funny how there was bros waiting for karaoke. Yeah, they were, they were wanting the karaoke over the comedy. It was weird. Uh, Huntington Beach. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. They're all wearing They're, sunglasses, they too. They all look like Fred Durst. They did, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, speaking of Fred Durst, you got any Limp biscuit? You got any Sublime? <laughs> <laughs> I'll sing Long Beach Dub All-Stars. I don't give a shit. I don't feel, though... <laughs> I've had those moments too at certain open mics and I'm not talking about mixed mics, yeah. but I'm, tar- I'm talking about certain mics that had a full on hour music set mm-hmm. and then they have comedy kind of sandwiched in between and that never works. Never works. <laughs> You're throwing way too much at the people. comedy at the, the beginning kind of works. Mm-hmm. People are there and then you go to the music and then people are into the music for like an hour and when you stop that music and go, hey, we're going to now tell some more dick jokes, people are like, what the fuck? No, where's the music? <laughs> yeah. Even if it's, I mean, I've been there too where like there's like a band or somebody go mm-hmm. on before me and they're so good and it's like yes. they're playing like covers and like just kind of more upbeat mm-hmm. type music and I'm like, I actually want to hear more of that. Like, it's not, you <laughs> I know, don't like, like tell any jokes anymore, like guys. Was, Let's hear some more him. <laughs> everybody was enjoying it and happy. You know, I mean... Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's just, you know, it's just different. And I think when you're doing stand-up, yeah. you have to, you know, that's the job of a host to go up there and, you know, even if it's not getting anything, tell jokes to condition the audience right. to, and I hate to put it, you know, it's like, it sounds bad, but you're training the audience to laugh yes. when you have a punchline, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just, sometimes it takes like a, a little bit of a rhythm right. to get a room to do that and get it cohesive. But when you throw music at them and then a little bit of stand up and you go back and forth, I mean, I think that you're, you're not going to do well as a, as the comic. Mm-mm. You won't. I've also had to follow certain poets <laughs> and that's always difficult too. Yeah. Cause no matter how good or poor it is, it's usually about a topic that's super deep, mm-hmm. super, you know, personal. Usually I remember, uh, hearing a lot of people talking about their, you know, sexual assault memories and things like that and it's very poetic obviously and heartwarming but like you said if you try to follow that mm-hmm. with <laughs> whatever it's gonna be tough yeah yeah poetry um it's just i think too and you don't want to address it because no, early can't. on i've no. tried to be that guy that went <laughs> yeah and you you know some I, I remember uh there was this woman that was talking about uh her grandmother dying mm. And it was super, you know, personal. And then I go on stage and talk about my grandma dying, but try to do it in a funny way. And people were like, no, bro. Because <laughs> you came off probably like you're making fun of right, the yeah. poet. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't talk about her story. Like, you you just made light of it. Yeah. And we're not into you making light of her story. <laughs> yeah. I'm never like, I never think it's too cool. soon. It's a cool. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah. Uh, Never think it's cool to like shit on another artist, but sometimes with a poet, like every bone in your comedic body wants to just <laughs> go up there and, you know, be like, you know, I mean, you just think yeah. it's dumb sometimes. And I mean, but I never want to do that because we're all at an open mic. We're all right. trying this stuff out. And I would, you know, you hate when people do that to you when comics shit on you for yep. stuff. And it's a, you know, somebody is dabbling with it. You can really kind of give them ammo to say, well, this is, I, I give up, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know, but it, I generally, it sounds like you're like me. I don't like to go to mixed mics. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're tough. Yeah. Obviously you're trying to find stage time anywhere you can get, but yeah, it's, it's a little hard. It's a different atmosphere for sure. Yeah. I remember going to one mic recently, <laughs> uh, just riffing off 
uh, going off of what other people say right before you go on stage. There was this girl, and I'd never seen her before, and I don't think she'd really done it that much mm-hmm. before. And she was going on, like, basically her whole set about ba- um, how she doesn't think she's attractive enough to be raped. Mm. And how she was just like, why? Like, four out of five girls get raped in this world and blah, blah, blah. And how come I got to be that one out of five? Like, why didn't I get to be raped? And she just goes on. And, and it's pretty much the audience is basically saying the same yeah. face as what you're doing. <laughs> well, it's I mean, not a lot of like, whoa, that's hilarious. <laughs> As a, I mean, as a man, how can you laugh at that? Right. If right. you laugh, it feels like a trick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I mean, it's really hard to make and I, rape I'm, funny in general, but when you're, I can see a sliver of where it was, where in her mind she was like, this could be funny if it was you could see, yeah. said right or mm-hmm. said in the right manner or I don't know. Yeah. I get it. You got to put it in other terms. Like even my rapist won't text me back or something. Yes, you know what I mean? Just, yes. I don't know. I don't know how you do that, but mm-hmm. even that's like, that's not. I mean, you, you, or, that's a that's a more advanced, precise like joke because it's very. I mean, you just the risk of that joke is you just upset people and you mm-hmm. remind them of their assault or whatever. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like I've been stabbed, but they've never raped me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Or, some rape jokes cooking here. <laughs> but that's the thing. So like, she basically I wouldn't say bombs, but yeah, basically bombs. And then I go on stage, and her name is Elizabeth, and I was like, Hey, Liz, if it makes you feel any better. I would rape you. <laughs> and it definitely, that was probably the biggest laugh out of her set. <laughs> wow. And, uh, gutsy get Daryl. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So I was, I wasn't, I'm not thinking to myself like, Oh, I got this cool. Like, Oh, I hope somebody that goes ahead of me talks yeah. about rape so I can have this little zinger. Like, no, it was just in the moment. And you, I said it and it, and it worked. <laughs> it sounds like she built up so much tension with yeah. that kind of uncomfortable bomb and you let it out for the audience, you know, it maybe kind of like said Put everybody what ease. everybody was thinking or a yeah. few people, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I feel like as a comedian, you kind of get to do that. You get to be the commentator. You get to be like, what exactly. the fuck did you just say? <laughs> you're like the collective consciousness of the yeah. dive bar. And it's mm-hmm. really when you're, when you tap into that, that's what's fun. Yeah. You know, and you can just like, to me, stuff like that, um, you know, if that works when you have like that little line, mm-hmm. you, like that's way better than any joke I could write. And like in the moment, there was another. I was over at another mic recently too, uh, where there was a uh, I forget his whole name, but he was a big black guy named Daryl as well, mm. and he went on right before me, mm-hmm. and he was literally going into this bit about how a lot of people called him Nigger Daryl, mm-hmm. and that that was his nickname. This whole like, and then he just went into this huge thing and said that yeah and we're pretty much 30 40 times and then he finishes and i go up and i basically go like you know what's so funny my nickname is that too (laughs) (laughs) and everybody was like obviously you know it's those moments where you're like this in my head i'm like oh this is a gem like somebody just went here you go it's a gift yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but um, it's just for that one set it's not like i now have to follow every black guy named (laughs) daryl no but don't you think that you're slowly and this is what i'm in some ways consciously trying to work on is Mm. getting better at knowing the right riff to say and when you know it's like i have these like voices like kind of hurling yeah say that say you know like a lot of bad ideas in my head yes and i think eventually you just get good at like knowing which one to pick when to use it when not to say anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and and that's a skill in it but you can never prepare for the situation and the words but you can mentally prepare it like just it's like honing like your 
like like you're curating your your riffs because yeah. I, I have so many bad ideas, I have way more bad ideas <laughs> than I do any good ones. You know, and like over time, I want to like know when those are bad, right? And just and just say okay, okay. You know, I'm just gonna do my set because I have nothing in my mind right now. now like if this podcast has hindered me in that way you know mm-hmm. a, an employer or a would-be employer is like went, oh i wonder who this guy is yeah i mean as as you know as we're talking somebody <laughs> could be literally taking your resume out of the pile now. right but uh like uh-oh i heard that episode nope and okay, it wasn't funny at all i'll be honest with you daryl part of my like you had asked me to do this like a year ago right and uh, it was a busy time but also i think i was like nervous that was around the time I was recent that that girl found this blog post and I'm like, that's uh, it. I, I actually deleted a bunch of stuff. Right. I, put, I don't want to be on. I don't want to be on the internet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember yeah. telling my sister, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm doing this show busy stuff, but I don't want it on the internet. I want to just do live comedy In the moment. and I'm not going to post yeah. on Instagram anymore. I made my Twitter private for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at a certain point I'm like, who cares? Like, you know, like this podcast is about us doing our craft and a yeah. conversation that like, you I know, don't, I don't, you know, if people are going to fire us because of this conversation, then God, I wouldn't want to work for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't feel like we've said anything that, um, people wouldn't agree with, no. you know, well, I'm sure people wouldn't agree with certain stuff, maybe but, not everything, but I don't feel like anybody's going to say, why are people saying this and why are they recording it? Yeah. You know, nobody, that's the thing. I'm, I overthink everything. And at a certain point, it's a bit of like, you're just being paranoid. Right. You know, I mean, I think that's the number one trait in most comics is they overthink the shit out of everything. Hypersensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps them create bits, Mm -hmm. but it also makes them go insane. (laughs) It's slippery. Over the littlest things. Yeah. Because the whole gig is, you know, making these little observations and, Mm -hmm. you know, tinkering with it in your head. And I think, you, you know, that's why I love trying to look at it in a way that nobody else has looked at it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've learned about myself that I really, um, I need structure and I, the fact that I have a day job, I'll complain about it, but mm. it's so important cause I'll just get carried away with, you know, if I had all this time to work on bits, I would go nuts. I think I would lose it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what if you were successful enough to just be doing comedy? Yeah. What would you do during the day or when you're not doing comedy? Well, I think if you're doing comedy professionally, mm-hmm. your day would fill up with um, press and radio interviews and you've got to manage a fan right. list. There's there's like, I would imagine a lot of work that you the business to, part. the business part, meeting with your manager, trying to write, pitch a screenplay or a pilot. Yeah. Meetings and um, things like that. And then having, you know, if you have to do an hour, you know, you'd really have to write more and watch your tape oh, and, of course. you know, and then I would. I just think about Bill Burr's day. He does a two podcasts a week. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in TV shows. Like the guy's not sleeping until no three o'clock. Like, yeah, he's not just doing stand up and rolling out of bed no. at one o'clock and, you know, just putzing around No, and then doing two sets and then calling it a night. You know, it's not that at all. Yeah. So I think it would be nice to, um, you know, one day to have like your whole day as much as possible be devoted to this thing you really love and yeah. working at it. Um, and I think if you're in the professional end of this, that you'll, your day will be kind of full. Yeah. You'll always give yourself something to do. Yeah. But now, I mean, 
I had a choice, um, like, because I was kind of working part time for mm-hmm. a year when I, I kind of left a full time job. I travel, and then I worked part time, and I was writing and doing comedy, and you know, having enough money to just kind of get by, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But the dead time that I had, it wasn't good for me, you know. And I found it wasn't productive. I, no, it 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 wasn't good. And I was like, I gotta I gotta go back to work because I need that. And what would you do? Um, when I wasn't working, yeah. Well, well, I would try and write things. I spent a lot of time alone writing mm-hmm. and writing stuff that, like, this was three years ago. It was okay, but a lot of it, it was just dealing with the fact that, like, this is this is you know needs work, and I was all over the place. I wasn't trying to like pitch one kind of. Uh, I wasn't trying to like write a book or you know write do a journalistic kind of stuff. It was like, what about this or what if I did this? You know, it's just the beginning of like. Trying was, to yeah, just a bunch of ideas spinning all over the place, and mm-hmm. there's it wasn't grounded in you know like now it's and like you didn't follow through with one exactly. Thing. It's this illusion that the grass is greener that like if you were somebody saying, oh if I just could have more time, mm-hmm. I would do it. I th- I call bullshit ninety percent of the time on that because you would just do it now. Like yeah, right, even if you work full time. There's that's only 40 hours. Yeah, you know people what I mean? always find the time for stuff they want to do. You can find, you know, so now I, I like the balance of, you know, I, I go to work and then like it, it helps me structure comedy even um, because that's my time for stand up is at night and it's scheduled and I have to do it, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if not, then that's my, you know, I have to go to work the next day. So this is my, my two hours at night. Like that's for creative stuff. Yeah. And that really helps me. So I don't know. Not everybody's like that. I think some people, they can be fine without structure, but I have at least learned that, oh, no, no, no. I need, <laughs> I need, I need some kind of plan because right. it, it's not going to be good. <laughs> I feel like I'm that way sometimes, but I also like to change things up. I don't like to feel like I'm, you know, forced to do these things. I'm not saying forced is maybe the right word, but there's forced to do um, work or for- like comedy. Okay. So, there's been plenty of nights where like, yeah, I've had a shitty day at the day job and in, you know, earlier in that day I was thinking of like going to a mic, but yeah, the day kind of just turned into like, okay, it's not that great. I'm not really feeling the mic anymore. And then like I, I struggle and I battle now. It's like, Oh, well obviously a part of me is like, dude, don't you want to make this? Obviously you want to get out of this shitty situation of your day job and blah, blah, blah. And this is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get better if you don't go to Mike's. But then I'm like, but I kind of just not feeling it anymore. And I just want to sit at home and watch TV right now. (laughs) Yeah. And again, that's the flip of it. Um, It's extraordinarily difficult to to do. It's a grind on, on my body and mind to do, to use my brain and work all day and then get in a car drive to long beach after work and do comedy like yeah. five nights a week. Like, I mean, you're going to get tired. And I often wonder, um, you know, like when I have like a day off, like a three day weekend yeah, and I feel like, so like fresh and then have a good set. It's like, huh? I wonder if it would be a lot easier if I just, you know, could wake up at nine or 10 and right. exercise and, you know, not be just exhausted. <laughs> But that's not yeah, a, that's not an option for me. I, it's not. It's like it's not an option for most people too. Because yeah, once you get that successful too, you're not going to be like, well, I'll just not do this. It's like what? No. Yeah. People I, paid money to do this. Like you're now like obligated to do these things. You know. I've really thought about it. I'm like, 
like overanalyze it to the nth degree. And I think there's not really an option for me to, I'm not funny enough to quit my full-time job where I get health insurance and all these things that I need to just live a basic life mm-hmm. um, to plunge into comedy full-time. And as much as maybe I think I want to do that or I did want to do that, like this is, this is the best I got. I got to go to work and I have my time at night to do comedy and I'll be the best I can at it. But beyond that, it's like, that's the option. As much as I'll complain, I'm like, well, what other choice do you have? You could quit your job and be poor and sit. Remember, like I'll say to myself, you want to sit around all day? Like, yeah. Remember how, you know, so I'm like, I know it sucks. Mondays suck. I'm just going to go to work. It sucks, but make the best of it. And then I have my time to like, you know, um, do comedy and also treat it like a long-term kind of goal. Yeah. That's kind of what I've tried to learn. And I hate patience, saying like, and I hate when people say hobby. Oh, that really, no. Yeah, it's not a hobby, but it is like, I am devoting a lot of time to this. And people would call that a hobby to some. Like if instead of doing comedy, you were doing that same amount of time, but building model airplanes, people would be like, yeah, that's a hobby. But model airplanes isn't going to make your career someday. I don't know. Maybe it will. Yeah. (laughs) If you could somehow sell model airplanes <laughs> well you know it's it's funny but, yeah people will one time a guy at work said uh oh yeah you do comedy like um like i play poker it's your hobby mm. and i said no man no it's not like you and the reason i think it is is what we do okay maybe comedy isn't our job but i think it's a lifestyle it's definitely. a way to live your life and a way to look at the world and how you interpret things and how you structure your life even you mm-hmm. know and it's a you know, a, there's a potential with it too to become a job for if you can hang in. And that alone makes me think, no, I'm, I'm doing this lifestyle and I am pursuing it. I am, even though it's not when someone, when somebody meets me at some holiday party or I introduce myself and they say, what do you do? I tell them the day job because mm-hmm. I know they're asking me, how do I make money? Yeah. But I am also pursuing this, Yes. you know? And someday it would be nice to say this yeah. instead of the day job. Oh, it would. But obviously, yeah, it's like until I can support myself, I'm not going to say this. And I'm not going to be <laughs> delusional about it. And I'm no. not going to be fake it till you make it and all that. Right. I, don't, I don't buy that. I, I'd rather uh, be really good at this before I try and mm-hmm. overstep. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, everybody has their approach. You know, like LA's kind of thing is fake it till you make it and act like you're yeah, the, you're, you're, you the know, biggest thing since Kevin Hart. Yeah, I sh- I'm breaking that rule. Like you should. I had a debate once with this comic, and she's like, "You should." When people ask you what you do, you're a comic. You should say a comedian. I'm like, I have nothing to back that up. You yeah. know, the first question is going to be, "Where can I see you?" And it's like, we can come to the, you know, some open mic that. The, I'm- yeah, or I have a I have this book show, but I don't know if I want you to go to that. Right. You know, it's at some dive bar. Yeah, um, I'm not in the professional end of the pool. Mm-hmm. right now i'm just learning the craft you know so and i know this so many things are people want to know about where's your money come from what do you do mm-hmm. where's your where how do you yeah, how, how do you make feed, a living how do you feed yourself yeah so I, I i know what that uh that question is and i'll answer that question mm-hmm. you know but what about when they say what do you do for fun i'll talk about comedy then you'll bring it up happily um yeah i love talking about it and people love to talk with somebody when i talk about comedy i feel um it's a it 
my eyes will widen a little. I'll be more passionate about it mm-hmm. and I can talk to it. I can really explain things to them. I think it's interesting. Everybody, people love somebody who's passionate about something. Yes. So I'm happy to talk about that. Um, and not have it. It doesn't have to be a secret. I'm not a professional comedian. Yeah. I'm just not. It's also a risky thing to open with a bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when it is commenting on some person that just went ahead of you. Yeah. Because I've done that too, where I've, you know, made a, a joke about, you know, the host right at the top. And I do that like, too all the time. Why, why did you say that? <laughs> I do that in LA when I go up. I don't know the host. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know. All right. This guy, what do you, you know, what's up with that? <laughs> One, I just made fun of the guy's sweatshirt and nobody laughed. Right. It was just, I mean, and then I had to be like, and I had to like, I had to like save myself by One saying guy's like, like, I like a sweater. <laughs> Go back to Orange County, but <laughs> who are you? I did that one time at a bar in, um, or Mike in LA where I was talking about how a lot of people confuse me for being a black guy and uh because your name yeah because of my name and uh i don't because you don't look black yeah i don't look (laughs) black i'm pretty much the exact opposite of what you would think of when you think of daryl williams (laughs) but anyway like i was just saying like oh yeah but even though like i might be white from the waist up i'm black from the waist down (laughs) and it's pretty fucking cheesy from that premise alone and really hacky and i understand it but that's the thing. I was like, oh, yeah. One time I told my friend that, and he's like, yeah, that's super super hacky, bro. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And how would they even know that I had no money in my wallet? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh at that, but right. <laughs> it's, yeah, the waist, black from the waist down is a joke that I feel like I used to use with my non-comedian right. roommate in college. I always used to... <laughs> <laughs> he used to make that joke a lot. So it is a very uh like construction joke. Like, yeah. Oh, that guy, he's obviously heard this before and mm-hmm. now has used this in his new repertoire of jokes. Yeah. But I feel like that's the thing. Uh, it, that mic clearly didn't work. Right. <laughs> and uh I just kept moving on, but even then after the set like the host was totally like, "Hey guy, uh, not all black people are poor, you know." Mm. And it was super like I get it. It was supposed to be a joke, man. Like, yeah. And then he started like just, and then I, I, I stu- foolishly went like, it works in Orange County. And then he was like, well, maybe you should just go back to Orange County uh, and stay there and don't come over here again. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> do you notice a difference? I mean, it's weird. It's weird. And also I think hard for us to know because in LA, the mics are comics only generally, mm-hmm. but do you notice any difference in crowds from, from the it's Orange weird. County places or in LA? I feel like there is a, a weird aura about certain LA mics where if you're a certain, if, if you're a person, whatever person you are, mm-hmm you can only make fun of that type of person. You know, us being white guys, we can only now talk about being white guys. If we suddenly make a black guy, black guy joke mm-hmm. or make some sort of trans joke, suddenly it's like, Hey, you're not like, you're not trans. You can't speak for them. 
This is in LA or mm-hmm. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've noticed. I mean, in Long Beach, it's still maybe not work, but mm-hmm. I don't think people are like, "Hey, you can't say that." Yeah, you know, or they're not going to like give you shit for it. They're just not going to. Maybe it just they won't laugh. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Like I don't mind if because there's plenty of times when people and I think that they do this early on, and I still do it early, especially when I first started doing mics is. You're just looking for shock value. You're just looking for like, oh, I'll talk about these weird subjects because it's just, mm-hmm. that's what, it, it's mostly just weird. It's not, or you're thinking it's like taboo. Yeah. But that's the thing. There's nothing funny yet. You're just talking about some, you know, gay guy you met at on a bus, but it's, there's no joke yet. Mm-hmm. And early. Now you're, now you're just talking about a gay guy. I mean, it, right. it doesn't, Yeah. So, like, why did you bring it up when mm-hmm. there's nothing funny yet behind it? Like, just the fact of it being a gay guy, that's not funny enough. Mm-hmm. That's not, like, mm-hmm. people aren't going to just go, like, oh, he said gay guy. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> it's not, like, that's not the joke. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I, there's all this talk now about PC culture and people being so sensitive. And yes. Personally, I find the darker I go and the more things that i think are really fucked mm-hmm. when i say those those generally it's not people are offended or any they laugh more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's part of my own you know progress of like really like getting out of my like shell you know what i mean i think i go up there like looking like a nice normal guy and then you hit them with something like that's mm-hmm. they weren't expecting yes you get a laugh you know but i generally i don't touch on you know i'm not doing trans jokes and Mm -hmm. rape jokes because i don't find i don't have any jokes there i mean what what's the link you know Mm -hmm. um so i i generally don't run into that but in orange county i do find i generally like in some some nights i'll walk into a room and you know in south orange county like dealing with like you know maybe like rich people or just that bro crowd those are not my people they're at a you different uh, status or a class or... Yeah, and they're just, um, you know, like, just generally, I think, sometimes harder to crack from my And do you think angle. that they're judging you before they even hear what you have to say, or are they just not into whatever your material is? I, I haven't figured that out. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't know if it's if it's the, you know, judging me, I think it's my, it's definitely my material. It's not, I don't want to, it's not this shirt. I mean, this shirt could be better. I'm wearing plaid, but uh, it's, uh, I don't care how funny that guy know. is. He's wearing fucking flannel. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Where'd you get that? <laughs> Look uh, at those glasses. Look at those stu- glasses and a beard, huh? No, that's what we need. Um, Another white guy wearing glasses, glasses and a beard. <laughs> yeah. That's what you were talking about a look earlier and mm. this has become, what I look like and yeah, I can't you, help but notice that, I mean, it's every, the glasses beard look is just, you know, maybe that's the thing. It's that comics for in most general comics just have that general look. Yeah. It's maybe that's why there's certain guys that have a gimmick that have the costume because they're trying to be like, like, no, I don't want to, you guys are all wearing the costume. I'm the one that's wearing the standing out. You yeah. know, you're the one that's wearing the open mic costume. <laughs> it's a costume. I mean, this is what I'm wearing today. I think you know, which is yeah, flannel. Just, well, it's a more. This is more of a dressier shirt, but uh, you know, black t-shirt, sneakers. I pants, mean, yeah, 
And I, I, on some level, yeah, I mean, I don't want to show up to the mic in my work clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's me and another comic. I mean, we both. And what I, is your work clothes? I wear like uh, dress pants and like, you know, a tucked in button down kind of. It's more of a dressy kind right. of look. And so. Business casual. Business casual. Yeah, I could have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Smart casual, Daryl. Yeah, uh, okay. But with it, bow ties, no bow. T- I, we do have a guy who wears a bow tie. Awesome, um, and he's super hip. He uh, he's a partner, so he does what he wants. But uh, old school, I would say that's an old school. Does he do suspenders too? No, mm. no. Okay, red bow tie, always red. I've seen the red one. I mean, <laughs> I've noticed it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I would like to be that guy at certain points. Yeah. I don't feel like a bigger man can wear a bow tie, though. I feel like it's for the more slender, fitted guy. I don't know if it's for you. <laughs> not because of the slenderness. It's not gonna fit with coming. my denim vest. <laughs> I don't think it's for either of us. I don't know why, um, but I can't see it no. on you or me. I mean, I, I had to wear one for a wedding recently, and I, yeah. it was okay. Yeah. But I was the only, there were, I was a groomsman and uh, everybody else had the one that you tie. Mm-hmm. And a I had real just, bow tie. Yeah, I had just the clip on. your faucet it's yeah, so fancy the light the faucet is the selling point of this place for sure no it didn't come with that it did really yeah it did that's surprising so, so <laughs> clearly the other tenant had it maybe i would assume or yeah they just put it in uh when they remodeled the place you know turned it over mm-hmm. but uh only only god and knows i guess <laughs> I do you know how it works because it basically it it, mm-hmm. it shines light on the water as it's running so it looks like it's glowing is yeah. it an attachment it's a it, it's an it's a whole faucet. It's like a whole rig, okay. and then the the flow of the water actually uh, perpetuates the light. It like churns this little like motor, really, or a little like you know paddle. So it's like it the the flow of the water creates the light itself. So you never have to put batteries in it, and you never have to like you know plug it in or anything. This is it's such just, an amazing time to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> like the flow of the yeah, the but flow. it's just a little LED that you know it. It doesn't even need like a watt, you know, probably. Yeah. So it's a uh, very low wattage, but it's, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get one of those bowls too. You know, those lights for the toilet itself, the toilet bowl. Have you seen those on Shark Tank? No. Sharks, it's time to explain the toilet in the room. Each night, millions of people awake to the call of Mother Nature. They stumble out of bed into the bathroom, and they're faced with a terrible choice. Turn on blinding lights and wake themselves up, or go it alone in the dark. Neither is a good option. So don't make that choice. Get Illumable. The Illumable is a way to do your business in a whole new light. The Illumable is a motion-activated toilet bowl nightlight. It easily attaches to the edge of any bowl, and automatically turns itself on anytime you enter the room at night. So what that means is there's no more blinding lights, just a soft glow where you need to go. It's simple, small, and clean. It's modern design and state-of-the-art manufacturing means it'll light up your bathroom for years and years. At Illumable, our main priorities are number one, 
And number two. <laughs> so sharks. <laughs> They're lights that you hang in the toilet, and it has like a motion sensor. So when you walk into your bathroom, it'll turn on, and it'll like you know illuminate the bowl, so you can like piss oh. without having to turn your whole like bathroom on. I mean. That's kind of cool, actually. And they're like different low, you know, colors and stuff, like you know, like blue and you know, black light or something. Right, some exactly. Kind of glow. Mm-hmm. It just glows. It, it's not like um, yeah. blaring or whatever. <laughs> my first thought was, why would I want to illuminate my piss? But then you're, the way you put it, like, yeah, if you wake up at night and it's just there, you don't have to turn the light on. Yeah, and now you, you know? can see where you're going still. And it's the worst. You turn a light on at that hour, it's the worst. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. adjust your eyes and ugh. Yeah, it's too bright. I want that and a bidet itself too. Like a bidet. I'm, I'm definitely over wiping my ass. <laughs> Can't be expected. It's not sanitary. Like you don't get it clean enough. Like there's moments where you're like, okay, that's like paper won't do. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get industrial yeah. in here. I need, I need equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need some power. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Plus we're getting older. I mean, yeah. And, and who doesn't want like a warm like jet of like you know water up your ass instead of like some scratchy paper i can't say i've like used a bidet but i never used one no but i oh I do, do yourself enjoy, a favor i i enjoy going to the hotels where you have those like removable nozzles because i don't have one the the shower heads yeah the yeah. shower heads and mm-hmm. just just going to town with oh, that thing yeah yeah but uh a bidet i just can never get the you have to like squat and like sit well yeah th- there's certain ones that are like yeah. just specifically for that yeah. But then there's a t- there's ones that are like toilets as well as a bidet that's oh, like okay. built into it. Gotcha. So you can like there's real fancy ones that are made like from Japan that you can mm-hmm. actually like adjust the like water pressure. You can have it like go in different directions. Yeah. You can have it be like yeah different temperatures, all sorts of different shit. The Japanese toilets are, are remarkable. Yeah. I mean, those things. And I've the, never been to Japan, but I I, I want to go just because I heard so much about the bathrooms and the toilets yeah. everywhere. Like yeah, and it's always obviously like it's big toilet paper. Whoever is controlling the, like, you know, Johnson & Johnson or whatever, <laughs> they're the ones that are like, no, no, we're not doing bidets, like, because we don't want our business to end. Mm. But it is, like, like if you look at it environmentally speaking, it's, it's way bad. better. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. You're, you're not right. wasting, you're not putting paper into a landfill, you're not wasting trees now, you're just using water, and no. it can be just recycled water. It's not like you're, it necessarily has to be water that you're going to drink later. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that part, and... I know there other uh, like Dollar Shave Clubs trying to sell these new hmm. like ass wipe things. Uh, oh, like the wet wipes. Yeah, but it's like they literally call it like shit something. Like that's mm. a pa- you can get a package uh, shit paper. Like shower shit shave, <laughs> and it's like shower gel, a shave kit, and these shit wipes. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say, if you're in the woods, definitely use one of those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but if you're you know just in your house, really, you got to use those. No, I mean bidet. Yeah. I want to. I want to try one of these. You, you've talked about I've where sold it's it up. where. It, well, I, I think like I've been to like places where it's a separate contraption, and mm. I've like I've definitely been in hotels yes. and like fiddled with it and tried to like. That's like, not I don't, good enough. You know, the water's not hot enough, mm-hmm. or it's too hot. You know, it's dumb. But uh, the one where you you know it's two for one. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, there's a few. If you go to those nice hotels in Vegas, you know, if you went to like the Bellagio yeah. or the Wynn or one of those, mm. you'll find them there. Really? Okay. Yeah, you'll definitely find them there. All right. Sounds like I need to go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Anything that has like a, an attendant, you know, in the bathroom. Oh, you mean like in the casino lobby? Yeah, in the casino itself, you know. Well, okay. What about in the rooms? You, probably in the rooms too. Yeah, yeah. Like especially in the suites for sure. Okay. But I would assume maybe even some of the 
just regular rooms who knows yeah bellagio is pretty nice but you would think that hotels would totally get on board because it's way cheaper to like pay for water than to pay for the amount of cost of toilet paper to feed a hotel not only that the the plumbing issue yeah like you heard about that in london right they got that Mm -hmm. that that giant clog like underground it was was like like, that grease clog or something but it was all like like, yeah but it was like toilet paper and tampons and garbage that people no flushed um no but nope. i don't know i don't have anything else to say about it's because yeah we have to consume and when we say we we even mean our butts <laughs> our butts are consumers well it's no it's and honestly when you go to other countries like um one of the things i had a hard time with in south america like a lot of places mm. you can't flush toilet paper right so you gotta like wipe your ass and then put it in a they have a little garbage can can like next to the toilet because the pipes are too right. narrow to handle it right but you know, you wind up just like using less of everything. Like when, mm. you know, when you like, have to use less. Yeah. I mean, so like here it's just, I mean, we just, we use, I mean, everything we do, like no other country uses like dryers the way we have them. Most, right. people, most people just hang their clothes. Mm-hmm. We have dryers that, you know, like we put fabric softener and things in and set, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yep. it's just different, but and we make our detergent look like candy. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we don't give a fuck. Before we end out, let's do the the segment that I love to do. And when I say love to do, I've been doing it maybe three times already. It's called uh, Inside the Comic Studio. Uh, I took this maybe a few questions, but mostly changed them to make it myself. But this is also just uh, what James Lipton does on Inside the Actor Studio, but not at all. <laughs> so I'm going to ask some questions to Brandon, and then we're going to shove on out of here. All right. First question. <laughs> Are these the same? These are the same. So you already know. <laughs> so them. everybody, yeah. I, yeah I, but I, maybe you'll have better answers. They weren't. Yeah, I think what Daryl's not saying is the answers were so bad yes. last time that he. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the file didn't save. I, I actually think. deleted it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, can we have another take of that? Uh, I already forgot the horrible. I forgot, but go ahead. Okay, the first question is: If you could make up a geometric shape, what would it be and uh, be called? That's right. That was. The, I really struggled last time, and I'm gonna yes. struggle again. What's this one, Daryl? You got me. This is this. You know what this reminds me of? Um, sometimes I used to get brain teaser questions in interviews, like, yeah. like, um, like uh, they use things like, "How many pennies could you fit in this room?" And you're supposed to like think through it, like, <laughs> if a penny is a, you know, a couple centimeters mm-hmm. in this thick. So this is kind of they yeah. want to see you want to see how I think. Right, I do. So, I mean, you don't have to come up with a, a brand new shape. Yeah. It can be a shape that already exists, but maybe come up with a new name for that shape. A new name for a, a triangle, or just yeah, new word for shape. Um, a uh, yeah, I think I don't know. I'm really struggling. Like a, I'll, I'll use like a like. <laughs> it's I, weird how you, it's hard to make up words, right? Well, I mean, it's been drilled into my brain that you know a triangle is a triangle, Daryl. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna try and call it call what a spade a, 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 a whatever another card it. You know right, what I mean? Like, right, right. I mean. What about like a three-hedron or something like that? Well, I think like the word cylinder is a dumb word. I mean, think okay. it sounds kind of industrial. Yeah, you know? cylinder, yeah. Uh, so let's change cylinder. To like, you know, uh, something to softer, you know. Cylinder. Uh, cylinder. Yeah, yeah cylinder. There we go. Cylinder. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I love 
we're we're bringing out cylinders. We're one question Fuck down. cylinders. They're now called. I'll try to be more cylinder. <laughs> be more succinct. That's why I never get those jobs. Yeah, uh, we're not hiring you yet, just yet. <laughs> okay, next question. What is your favorite joke that never gets a laugh? Um, you think I would have sat down and thought about these all week? <laughs> I kind of knew you were gonna ask them again. <laughs> right. That's all good though. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to like research or put a lot of time into this. Oh, I put no time into preparing. Um. I don't know. I think I took out my set for tonight. <laughs> Are there any jokes there, of these? There's probably a lot here that's not going to work. <laughs> um, I think... Uh, I mean, maybe it doesn't never get a laugh, but, you know, maybe a joke that you thought was going to do well, and it just didn't. Um, you know what? It's just when you're starting new things, like I did a joke about Wendy's mm-hmm. the other day, and it was, like, really funny. Um, it was uh, probably Monday night I did it. And then I did it again the next night, and people were like, you're a jerk. You know? Like, <laughs> well, what'd you say? Like, you fuck Wendy? No, I just said uh, that I went to Wendy's after the Patriots lost because I was sad. And, mm-hmm. that, <laughs> and that, like, I go to Wendy's when, you know, I want something delicious, but when I really feel the void inside <laughs> me, and I try to fill it with a Frosty. <laughs> so, like... That just sounds real, though. Like, I know. It's not even just, a joke. Yeah. So, I guess I'm... Maybe they're just butthurt over the Patriots. Yeah, people don't like Tom Brady. But, um, yeah, like, I think that's... Like stuff like that are like topical jokes where a news event will happen and I'll do it for a week. Um, like I had a story about uh, a helicopter crash, which I had a joke about. And then that, like it always seems to like have a short shelf life. Mm-hmm. So I already feel that one dying out because it's been two weeks and I feel I can't say it anymore. But it is a joke. You're like, man, I wish I could. I wish do I this. could. Because I find it funny. <laughs> yeah. Not the crash itself. The, j- <laughs> the joke. Crashes are not good. <laughs> no, the crash was pretty funny though. Uh, okay, next question. If hell exists, what would you want to hear Satan say to you? That was funny. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what sex- what sexual position will you never try again? Um, well, they're all, they're all pretty good. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you could say none. You could say none. All right, um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you could say all of them. I w- I will <laughs> never try all of them again. <laughs> Uh, any, okay, next question. What profession would you like to see abolished? Um, I don't know. People need jobs. <laughs> yeah, um, but not some people. Abolished. I mean, they can get other jobs, but they don't have to get this specific job. Right. I just think um, people who call people up on the phone to bother them, to buy Solicitors things. or like aggressive cold calling yeah cold caller people mm-hmm. uh i've never been a fan yeah fuck that never been a fan there's some lady i don't know what but for whatever reason some direct tv bullshit mm-hmm. has gotten my work phone and they literally call me every morning at 8 a.m. yeah on the dot and then they just start in with their rap and it's like okay click but it's like how did that number come where yeah. did it come? who gave them that number yeah, it, and why are they calling me every day? I've told them fuck off. And they're supposed to put you on a... If you say a do not call list, that's like a federal law. They're yeah. supposed to follow that. Well. But these companies, they don't care. No. By the time they get like reprimanded, they've already <laughs> moved on to four other companies. There's new... I don't know if you... Just quickly. Um, there's this thing now, too, where they'll... I get calls on my cell phone mm-hmm. from my same area code, which yeah. is a Boston or Massachusetts area code. And companies will buy this software to take their call and have it route from a local number mm-hmm. so you'll answer it yeah so or that's something that looks familiar to you yeah. yeah and i mean it's just the worst like yeah. i worked for i briefly worked for a company that was 
But nobody ever answers the phone. Even if it is coming from an area code that you know, it's still going to be like, I don't know this yeah. number. I have to change my number. I get calls all the time <laughs> from uh, CVS in Western Massachusetts that mm. my prescription's ready. Awesome. And I've told them, I'm like, I'm not, this is guy Mitchell. Yeah. He didn't pay his, he didn't, he has a Cox bill that he didn't pay and he gets a lot of prescriptions. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mitchell, shut the, like, get your life together. Yeah. Get, <laughs> stop making Brandon's uh, miserable. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What celebrity would you like to be mistaken for? Um, I used to get Jake Gyllenhaal. I yes. would still gladly take it. I was going to say I don't, I don't I agree with it. But I think Jake Gyllenhaal looks a little older now. Yeah, he's still way more handsome. But Definitely. he's. Uh, I mean, yeah. But he's he looks older. I haven't seen him. Yeah, I, I thought I saw. Um, the last movie I watched him in was uh, well, we were talking about Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler was cool. And uh, I saw him in Everest. Everest was not that bad either. I didn't see that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, obviously, I could see though, like if you shaved and took your glasses off, you and could maybe get mistaken for him in the rain. <laughs> if we turn the lights off and you took, yep, <laughs> it was like fifty yards away. Yeah, I could definitely be like, is that Jake Gyllenhaal? I think maybe. Actually, a couple weeks ago, like a bartender was like said that I was like, oh, I guess I still got it, Daryl. But- <laughs> Well, if anything, like that's better than like I get Michael Chiklis, or uh, or I told you last time you do you look like um, Will Ferrell as the inside <laughs> the actor studio guy. Yes, I look like James Lipton if Will Ferrell was playing him. And in fact, I'll show you a picture after. Um, Will Ferrell has a new ad out for Wix where he <laughs> yes. you look like him because he has your glasses. <laughs> he he looks just like him. He looks. He did that same setup for the uh, Rose Parade this year. Where him and Molly Shannon did a full-on like long-form improv sketch of them like commentating on the Rose Parade. Oh, okay. So instead of like you know Bob Eubanks and Stephanie Edwards, it was yeah. Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon as these characters. With and a bald cap. And he had a bald cap. And he, I forget what their names were, but it was it was streaming live on Amazon. Oh. So you can still see it. Okay. But it, it's fucking hilarious. I'll have to watch that. And it's the whole parade. It's like a whole like two-hour show. And Tim Meadows is like the guy that they throw to. <laughs> And they keep talking about how like he's inset like he was in Saturday Night Live, and he keeps going like, you know, guys, that was kind of a long time ago, and I don't really want to talk about it as much anymore. And they're like, okay, cool. So tell us about like the ladies' man. Yeah. <laughs> what was his catchphrase in that? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't that special? But <laughs> I got no. him crossed out. <laughs> Church ladies. It was. I think it's like, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> You'd had to have a catchphrase if any sketch was going to work on SNL. That's the longevity is if it can Cal get a catchphrase. Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like before the internet, like the internet now, you need some kind of like clickbait. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. Cowbell. <laughs> you need cowbell. <laughs> yep. I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> um, okay. Next question. This will lead up to a nice uh, uh, segue. What is your best impression? It can't be Chris Rockin because I already did it. <laughs> But Chris, I can always I can do a micro impression of Chris Walken really well, where he says, um, "Wow, is that way?" That's it. <laughs> Did you see the interview with the Foo Fighters where they were talking about they were on SNL and he hosted and he came mm-hmm. up to um, came up to the band. He's like, "Guys, uh, how do you pronounce your band? Is it <laughs> is it Foo or like he didn't know where the emphasis should go?" And I can't even do it. I'm, bo- I'm bombing this. But Foo Fighters. He's like it's Foo Fighters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Foo Fighters. <laughs> it's I'll, I'll have to send you. It's a. Um, <laughs> Dave Grohl does a great impression of it. It's so funny. <laughs> nice. It's like, guys. But clearly I can't. I do can't you, do that. But what about something besides Chris Walken? 
celebrity impressions uh i don't do i'll jokingly do i'll mimic uh other comics sometimes um or <laughs> um like my i'll do an impression of my dad with my sister like that's mm-hmm. our running joke oh that's and, right yes yeah so like that one is just uh you know he he just has long long pauses whenever you ask him a basic question you know like you ask him something you know just simple like he's just ready to die or that he's like just so over talking i just i we've never it's a great mystery like we don't know like my uncle calls it a delay but it's like a pause where you'll ask him and he'll look and then it'll feel just you know, he'll make you question why you asked the question you know what i mean <laughs> that's how he looks at you so <laughs> but then he'll and then right as soon as you're like okay I'll, I'll just walk away he then answers you or? yeah <laughs> so he'll like but like right right when he has you there he'll say well yeah he does well and then he'll give you an answer <laughs> like like some answer you know so my sister and i have this like running thing of like she'll ask me something and i'll say i'll like wait and i'll say well <laughs> <laughs> so it's like well. a very simple it's a, not even an impression but it it's like a kind of a little thing that <laughs> I've really been, if anything, I've been working on it for years. Um, out of have any you ever other, brought it to him? Like, have you ever brought it up? Like, Dad, you know you do this, right? Oh, we give him shit all the time. <laughs> he, know, he laughs. He knows. It's fun. We, we constantly, like, well, he's, he cool. makes like, us laugh. Yeah. I mean, just, he's a funny guy. Just different. <laughs> and he's all in for your uh, comedy. Um, he's, uh, yeah, I think he's never really seen me do it because I've been out here doing it. Right. But he loves stand-up, I think. But he, he's not like, why are you doing that stupid thing? I think, um, no, he doesn't think it's stupid, but mm-hmm. I do think he's one of the people, like everybody was surprised oh, right. that I'm doing it, but he did, he said a nice thing. He's like, well, you've always been good at public speaking. He said that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Thanks, you, you hit it out of the park at graduation. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, well, <laughs> but he loves stand up, So that makes it easy. Um, I would love yeah. to present it to him one day, you know, um, when you're actually like, yeah, I'm worth seeing. Yeah, I know. Even now, I had my mom come to see me. I've had my sister seen me. Um, the most pressure-filled gig I had was I had my mom, my aunt, and my uncle and their kids, my cousins who were teenagers, mm-hmm. all came to see me when I was at a show and uh, up in Seal Beach. And they were, you know, that was the first time I had performed for family. And there were kids. And Did it, it go was, well? It actually went really well. Mm-hmm. I think their like expectations were, I can't believe he's doing this. Mm-hmm. We got to see what the hell he's doing. And it kind of resembled what they would expect as stand-up. Like, I got laughs. Mm-hmm. I did well. And they were like, you, you know, I think I blew them away just by not being horrible. Right. You know, the right. expectation like, wow, was... Wow, this guy, he's actually good. Well, he's actually... He's not He's not totally crazy. Mm. <laughs> you know, he's right. not totally... It's not <laughs> a total I, delusion. I he's can see why he's doing this. Yeah, he's he's doing it. There, my aunt was like, yeah, you know, some of it wasn't funny. <laughs> After, like, like, I know. <laughs> not my cup of tea. But she's like, yeah, that I, I felt like I had this joke about... Uh, I met a girl on Tinder with who was sick with cancer, and she was like, "That was funny." Of all this, she was like, "That was really funny." I'm like, awesome. "You'd like that one?" Like, yeah, <laughs> so. I love I love what makes people laugh and what people don't laugh at. The more you do this, the more you realize it's really the stuff that's like kind of fucked up. Yeah. sometimes that and a little disparaging. Like sometimes, yeah, if you like, if you're the butt of the joke, it, or if you're like, if just some shit happens to you, they're definitely gonna be like, "Yeah, that's funny." I'm not going to laugh at it. I mean, I wouldn't in this other setting. If you just told me this when we were at a party, I would be like, why did you tell me this? I know. But it's on stage, so now I'll laugh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like I'm the butt of a lot of my jokes, mm-hmm. and sometimes it almost hurts. Like They're laughing at me Yes. when I tell them, 
something just i've never told a soul but i'm gonna tell you this embarrassing thing and when they laugh hard it, i almost feel I'm like oh they're laughing at like yeah. I, it's almost like a laugh that i don't want because it's <laughs> <laughs> like i have a few jokes about like women treating me really shitty right and the women in the audience love it they laugh the hardest and i'm yeah. like why do the women like like they appreciate there's a, there's a hearing dark, a woman talk like there's a darkness to that yeah it really is it's like no this should have been like i was thinking men might go like oh yeah i've been there and it's no. like no the women are like no i've been there and i love it yeah. <laughs> all right next question oh there's more yeah these next ones are easy can you make a fart noise um uh oh yeah we've, <laughs> we've we bought it before that yeah. you can't no, no i can't <laughs> pass okay i can but I'd have to take my clothes off. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Okay, next question. If you were to make a podcast, what would it be called? Um, I, I don't know, Daryl. Um, it would be, it would, it would probably be the same as your podcast, (laughs) but with a different title. In fact, we already talked about how we're basically this comics life too, or not this comics life. That's would be a cool title. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not this comic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but exactly like this comics life. Yeah, it'd be like how was your long title? Yeah, be like uh, how was your week, or you know, like (laughs) how was your your week in comedy? Or I like that. Um, or like yeah, a more gossipy one. Yeah, how's the mics? Yeah, how are those mics? How are those mics treating you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Final question: Who was? uh, When was the last time you kissed someone? Uh, Wednesday. Nice Wednesday, and it was hump day, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But just kissing? No, we we no no no, it's separate. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that commercial. <laughs> All right. So let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Brandon, definitely thank you again and again for coming in and helping uh, me make this podcast what it is. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Yeah. And uh, throw out that social media. Yeah, so just to plugs up, February 27th, I'm going to be producing a show at the Harp Inn, if you're in the area. Come mm-hmm. on out. Oh, that means i got to have this episode out before then. Yeah, man. Two weeks. <laughs> do we get more than two weeks? Yeah, I can do it. Uh, then you find me on Facebook and uh, Twitter, Kafori with two O's. At yep. Kafori. Kafori. At Kafori. <laughs> and guys, obviously follow This Comics Life and The D Stories, or just write me a stupid email at thiscomicslifepod at gmail.com. And next episode i don't know who's coming in but it'll be another great stand-up comedian i assume (laughs) and of course you've been listening to this comic